Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Ina Halilu. Ina is an early stage investor at Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator in New York that has invested in over 200 startups since its launch in 2011, helping build the next generation of technology companies in New York. In her role, she specifically oversees programs supporting global startups looking to enter the U.S. market. She has earlier worked at Eunice and Youth, an organization that was created to accelerate the growth of early-stage social enterprise across the world by Muhammad Yunus. Ina also led operations at Enza Academy, an edtech startup that that was created to provide STEM education to underserved youth. She started her career at the United Nations and supported various social enterprises, including Diaspora of Women's Network. She leads Africa Archimedes Project, among others, driving design, launch, and scale of sustainable solutions for Africa market. She is very passionate about driving equitable access to minorities and aims to deliver impact led by technology. Welcome to our show, Ina. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. Awesome. So jumping right in, Curious to hear about your journey of creating impact with the volunteering and leadership positions that you've held at various social enterprises before you started your time at venture capital industry. Absolutely. Happy to. And thanks for the question. So I think in order to answer this question, I I have to sort of go back a little bit uh, where it all started. Right. Um, So I'm originally from Cameroon and Madagascar. So very much call myself a proud African product. And, you know, I grew up in a family that very much uh, prioritized education. So my parents were very much you need to get all those good grades uh, in order to really be successful in life. So to me, it became really normal. However, I noticed that growing up, a lot of women around me in Cameroon didn't really have access to the same kind of opportunities. And these women were people like my aunts, my cousins. So to me, it felt really odd that I had to really focus on school when others had to get married or had kids. And Essentially, kind of like diving a little bit more into that as as a kid, very curious kid, I realized that it really came down to an unfair distribution of economic opportunities. And so fast forward after that, you know, as a family, we we were able to travel the world. So I grew up in Paris as well. I lived a little bit in Senegal, spent some time in Russia, then also traveled around, you know, different places. And from there, I really realized that a lot of the societies we're doing a lot more, be- a lot better as far as, you know, economic development compared to societies in Africa that I've been sort of like I've, I've grown into. And, um, you know, I became really fascinated in understanding how actually the world works. And that's what brought me to actually study international affairs. So you're nothing about VCs. It was ro- all about, you know, I want to do something to really solve whatever is happening in Africa to advance, you know, economic development and <clears throat> got a master's um, at NYU. So that's why I, I came to New York, um, to the U.S. and actually started my career at the U.N. because I thought that the solution to the challenges that we saw would be solved through the public sector. So joined the UN for that specific reason. And at the UN, I spent one year and quickly realized that actually that was really not the right fit for me. It's a fantastic place. But the way I like to boil it down is that the type of return on my time and energy investment, I would not be able to see that result within my time, sort of like my life, because that's how slow things were going. And I really realized that, you know, it's time to pivot and think about something else. And that's how I kind of, you know, was conducting a research at the same time on the role of technology for social change and really came across technology and fell in love and thought that technology is the tool to accelerate progress and impact in Africa. So went right into um, tech 
And then, um, you know, that's how I started a, a social enterprise. Um, and then uh, this startup called Enza Academy to provide STEM education to underrepresented minorities in the U.S. And again, realized that, well, this whole problem of access to opportunities is not just in Africa, because in this country it was also happening. And once again, public sector and tech were really having, you know, an impact. But the, but so to actually keep my company financially stable, I really struggled and, you know, really, really it was very difficult. We eventually made it. We never raised money, but, uh, you know, we tried. And so I was hired after that to run a social enterprise, a social impact accelerator of Mohammed Yunus. And through the portfolio of 15 companies, I saw that all those companies also struggle to raise money. So that's how I came across that, you know, fundraising is really a challenge. And uh, dove a little bit deeper into that. And that's how I came across venture capital. And I saw that there's a huge opportunity out there. And maybe that's actually going to be the, this instrument that I can utilize to really create an impact. And got into VC and I've been in the space uh, for now three years and it's been fantastic um, to be there. I am so happy to hear about all your, um, you know, vision for investments in Africa. Um, so I'm from Mauritius. So I don't know if you knew that. So I'm very much a product of the African continent as well. And I also grew up in a household that's very much focused on education and, you know, using your education for the better good. So I look forward to having you in my network and learning more about what we can do, you know, in the form of venture capital or social enterprise for the continent. Um, so what motivated you to join ERA and transition into investing? How did you find out about the opportunity and how was the recruitment process? That's a great question. And, and you know, and, and I'd like to kind of preface by saying that, um, you know, Anyone that comes to me because of, you know, a bit of a weird career path, a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I really want to get into VC. How do I do that? I tell everyone, if I've made it into VC, anyone can. Like, you know, I don't have the PE investment uh, banking background um, that, you know, most, you know, VCs probably might be looking for. But I actually think that it actually served me quite well. Um, you know, I personally really love early stage investing because I think that's where, impact can actually happen. That's really where you can see, you can really see, you can you can really basically grow a company, you know, going from seed to, you know, something. I think it's really rewarding. And the skills needed in early stage investing are really around, you know, having a high EQ, being able to build relationship. Um, to be a very strong investor, you need to be able to, you know, understand, uh, you know, how the world actually operates as a whole. So, you know, what I loved about ERA is, um, you know, this vision of, you know, being a, a seed investor, but also running this accelerator. So it's not just about, okay, let's cut you a check and then goodbye, have fun. It's actually, let's give you a check, but, you know, it's smart money. Let's make sure that we are aligned with you. We give you all the resources, the network that you need, the support that you need. And specifically, the role that I was going for was really combining all my skills at the global level to really support those global companies that wanted to come to the U.S. So, one of the things that happened in my interview was uh, one of my, the, the person, the, my, 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 my now colleague asked me, she looked at my CV and she says, your CV screams impact. Like, wh what are you doing here? This is not what we do. Uh, I mean, we love companies that have an impact, but that's not our primary focus. Are you, are you going to be happy in this role? And I said, actually, it's time to rethink what impact actually means. You know, there is impact and impact. In this case, I really want to help those founders 
that come from, you know, Mauritius, um, you know, Belgium, Japan, um, in Senegal, that wants to grow and become the next unicorn, how can I, you know, provide them with the right resources to do so? To me, that's also impact, at a, you know, different, maybe different definition. And that's really what drew me. Um, and that coupled with this whole idea of early stage investing and the, the, the kind of, um, you know, support and resources that you can bring at a global level really, to me, really uh, was fascinating. That's really inspiring to hear, Ina. You also seem to be very passionate about driving equal access of opportunities and capital. A lot of your earlier work is is uh, is here to say and, and kind of prove what we're trying to uh, put out here. And especially that is for the Africa market. Where do you see yourself now in the next few years? How do you see yourself working towards this sitting in New York right now? Yeah, I think that, that that's a fantastic question, right? And and now with the current crisis that we have, um, it can feel very, and you two are also international, so it can feel very um, difficult to see what's happening back home and maybe feeling a little, you know, powerless. Um, you know, I, I'm not from Nigeria, but obviously the recent event in Nigeria, I've, I've, I've felt very, you know, touched by that. Um, but so as a member of the diaspora, what I'm doing right now, I'm really just focused on honing my skills to be a very strong investor, to also build a strong network and the right toolkit, because down the line, my, my goal is to actually raise a fund, um, you know, an African fund in Africa to, in, to invest in, um, you know, African companies, because we don't have that much of those. And particularly at the seed stage, once again, you know, I cannot emphasize how much I love early stage investing because it's where it's where there is a huge gap in the market. So, you know, I'm now honing all the skills to become a successful business person and, you know, also fund manager uh, and, you know, hopefully take all the network that I have here in New York and, you know, bringing that um, in Africa, because once again, it's not just about the money. Of course, money helps. Everyone likes some money, but it's also about the resources. You know, how do you, what do investors actually look for? How do you build your sales channel? How do you build a strong email market, you know, email marketing campaign? All these things that, you know, you don't really think about on the day-to-day um, operations. Don't be surprised if you receive a resume from me in a couple of years then. Um, we have very uh, aligned interests um, and visions, and I'm, I'm really glad to see that. Um, as a woman of color in the investing ecosystem, do you see any focused efforts towards equal representation, um, especially at the decision-making positions? What do you think firms should be doing in addition to this? Yeah. First of all, Rajvina, I would love to receive your CV. I would love to work with you in the future. So we have to connect on that. But uh, no, I think that's that's a, that's a, that's a spot on question, right? I mean, you know, the tech um, and venture capital has had a bit of a bad rap in in, you know, in, in the last few years, rightfully so. Um, and I'm actually convinced that right now uh, the venture capital model is broken completely. And, and now COVID is showing us that it is hitting a, its expiration date uh, for all sorts of reasons. And one of them is um, not just diversity, but inclusion. Right. And so we've seen and I'm sure you've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, women, um, diverse partners being promoted at a higher level, which I think is very, very, um, you know, refreshing to see. But if we do not create, you know, inclusive environment for those leaders, you know, we, we won't see them stay. So I think it's very important that, yes, we want to attract those talent, but it's, it's important to create, you know, uh, to ensure that we have spaces to make them feel welcome. So num- that's number one problem. The second problem that I see is it's not just enough to hire more diverse talents in, in funds. But, you know, think about where the capital is coming. When you think of VC venture capital as an industry, 
it is about raising money from LPs. So who are those LPs? It is very important that we also have equal representation at that level in order to see how capital flows of capital are actually being rerouted uh, in a way that is more inclusive, more equal, and so forth. And so, you know, as a woman of color, to, you know, to, to address the second part of your question, um, to me, I don't, actually don't really see it that way. I think I'm a very capable individual. Uh, you know, yes, I happen to be a woman. Yes, I'm a woman of color. I think it's, it's pretty blatant. You don't really need, <laughs> right? Uh, you can see that. Uh, but I have a lot to offer. You know, like I, I said, you know, I have a wealth of experience and I really encourage, you know, I have a lot of women that come to me and ask me for mentorship and things, you know, as a woman, will I be able to make it? I'm like, don't think about that. You have a lot more skills to offer. Think about, you know, what do VCs actually look for? What do, you know, what is what drives this current business and what are the skills that you can bring in? And that's really how I want to, to push the conversation. And, and I'm glad to see that, you know, there is more discussions around bringing more diverse talent. But, but I think, like I said, it has to come at the root level. And with that, we'll be able to also see investments that are a lot more diversified. I think you brought a couple of very good points home there, Ina, that one, it's not just about diversity. It's not just about having people for the sake of it and just claim that we are a diverse ecosystem or a community, but to actually have inclusion um, in addition to being diverse. So that's really well point well made. And the other bit that it needs to start at the root, root level, and that's when it grows and have representation at every possible level. So it's not just GPs at funds, but also LPs, and then also the women founders leading companies. So... Uh, points well made there, Ina. Uh, it was great to have you on. We are at the end of our session in terms of asking questions, but we have a new segment, uh, a quick rapid fire that we'd love to do with you. Uh, we'll have about three questions and like, because it's rapid fire, we'll want you to answer them, obviously, without a break. Have, just just say some, whatever kind of comes first to your mind and, and try to be honest. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> super. Um, so the first one is a little cliche, but just curious and for fun. Uh, are you a cat or a dog person? Dog. Awesome. I'm one as well. And I, I see a thumbs up from Rashvina, so I'm glad. <laughs> uh, one of the most inspiring books you've read or heard of most recently? Becoming by Michelle Obama. Nice. Two role models, women role models you look up to. Yeah. So my grandmother, my grandmother and my mother, uh, those are two unsung heroes. That's awesome. Thanks, Anna. It was a beautiful conversation. Um, thanks for sharing your story. I'm sure a bunch of women out there will be curious to hear about it and learn so much. And I'm sure we'll reach out to you as they want to network. Thanks again for joining us. It was a super pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me, ladies.